Hey, everybody, coming up on today's podcast, we've got... Uh, this is so weird. Why am I leading in here? All right, well... Because just, you demand? Let's just go with it and see what happens. Uh, Jay's over there. Hopefully, I'll get through this with his help. Uh, we've got <laughs> an advisory panel for U.S. Homeland Security, and appointed to that advisory panel is none other than the chief executive officer of General Motors, and we're going to talk about that. What else, Jay? Mm, well, we are wondering why in the world would Subaru choose to kill the WRX? Hmm. Why is that and what's coming next for Subaru? We're going to talk about that. What's up, Keith? What do you are got? You, uh, else? Are you a yeah. Porsche fan or a Porsche fan? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, Porsche, yeah. if you're a I am. German I, I like them. I like Porsche. Yeah. So there's a model that mm-hmm. is a beloved model that mm-hmm. is about to be... Uh, it's about to go the way of the dodo. Uh, dodo. A.K.A. internal combustion engine death coming soon. So uh, we'll get into Oof. that. Oof. And also, I'm coming for you, Nationwide Insurance. Ooh. All that and so much more coming right up. <laughs> Say hello to my friend and co-host and partner in crime, Keith, over there. How you doing, Keith? What the hell are you doing here? Oh, he's got his sound drops back. <laughs> Woohoo! We, we are in business. I'm loving it, man. I love it, love it, love it, love it. This so is about uh, saving cool. the future of humanity. <laughs> yes. Do you recognize ad- that voice? I do. Okay. I think Guess it's, what it's, I've been watching, Jay? I know. I know you, man. <laughs> Ever since the last episode, I'm sure. So, um, Wow. Boy, we've got a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things have happened since we last podcasted. I mean, I'm talking a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, we've got uh, Ukraine and Russia at war. Um, we've got uh, people. All hands to battle stations. <laughs> Sorry, that's not. I mean, we it got, is, but it's not funny. We but, got yeah. we got people renting cars just for the hell of it. Um, kind of reminds me, you know, a car rental thing that just recently happened. Uh, reminds me of the um, uh, what was the movie with Tom Cruise? The NASCAR movie was um, Days of Thunder, uh, which by Days the way was filmed in uh, a lot of it was filmed in Bristol. Yes, that is absolutely correct. But remember, they had the two rental cars, and they were, you know, they yeah, were they in were wheelchair. Four cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they kind of brought them back uh, in not so good shape. Well, um. We want to share with you what I mean, you, if you haven't seen this video, please go out and watch it, man. It is hilarious. Uh, so you've this, you've been you keep like honest to God, ladies and gentlemen, before we started recording, Jay's like, I gotta watch this one more time. So it's just I mean, it's just hilarious, man. But I mean, there's this dude, and when I when I shared the video with with Keith, um, I said, Have you seen this? And he's all I get back is just a, oh my god, you know, one of those, whoa. And uh, uh, to see this guy fly through the air like he did 
and people standing around filming this from several angles, I'm like, um, this is going to be one expensive video for content creation, man. Yeah, and, you know, people do intentionally blow up stuff and blow up yeah. automobiles and do it on YouTube all day. And, uh, yeah. by the way, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And they get lots of views over it because people like to watch a train wreck, so to speak. I think it's... This is simultaneously, like, hilarious because we're not involved and don't have anything to do with it. And also, like, absurd and scary. And, yeah. I, look, you know, we like, we've all... I mean, I'm just speaking for myself here, but I'm sure we all have done dumb things as teenagers. I mean, I certainly have. I, I think the difference is I did them out, like, in the country with a yeah. few of my friends where I wasn't necessarily risking the lives, lives of innocent bystanders. Now, right. not to say I had good judgment. I mean, it, it sort of sounds like I practiced good judgment back then. I didn't. Right. <laughs> I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to make that I case. I mean, it, in your mind today, you think that it was better judgment than what we are seeing well, here. Well, I mean, let's sure. let's let's okay, so this guy catches a tremendous amount of air in a Tesla. Oh my god, in a Tesla. Right? Yeah, it was a Tesla Model S. Um and he crashed it, man. This was in a residential area of uh, Los Angeles. There were and people down people, the street that yeah. he slammed into that were in their vehicles. Yes, that were not that, that were not involved in the stunt. No, all the people that were involved, that appeared to be involved, that were filming this thing were like at the level where he actually went airborne. So they were catching the him catching air on film, and there were like several angles of it. So you know that those people were there specifically to, to catch that on, on 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 video yeah so and I, I what did i say to you i'm like dude this is like live jackass this is well, like totally a jackass stunt or and something and here's the so there there so as far as that goes to to sort of back that up did you see what was happening um on social media with i i, I mean i i can't so I don't know for sure that it was the actual person driving the Tesla. We know that mm -hmm. the LAPD was searching for him. They posted some right. things out on social media. There's a $1,000 reward for the guy. But then somebody comes back out with um, the old, uh, you know, the song that I probably can't say on here and keep our general rating. Um, it was Ice-T, Ice right? F the police, yes. right? They were yes. playing that yes. in the background. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy was posting on. I think it was, uh, was it TikTok? Yes, basically, Tick yeah, holding the car keys, yeah. and alluding that he was the guy that was driving the vehicle. You saw right. this, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was it was on Twitter, TikTok. Um, it was all over the any, any. If you look, if you're on social media and you missed it, you 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 don't know how to use social media. I mean, because it's it's. It was on every feed out there, and I mean, I had several people that I know that were sharing it and asked me if I saw it and hoping that we might talk about it on the podcast, and so that's kind of why I wanted to bring this thing up today, because it is kind of funny, but extremely dangerous. Well, and I guess, you know, what makes I mean, this thing got some real, real oh, serious air, man. Yeah, there's no way that—that uh, that, that was complete and total loss of control. I, I, I mean, oh, yeah. there's no way on a—it's on a, not a closed street— Mm -hmm. that this guy could have known beforehand that he wouldn't crash into other cars and potentially kill people. And I, I think the thing that bothers me about it is more if this is the guy that's posting mm -hmm. that he did it, mm -hmm. sort of the can't-catch-me attitude, like not taking responsibility for... Like, 
Jay, I did some dumb stuff. I crashed some cars as a teenager. And there was this moment of gravity, right, where I went, ooh, that was maybe not a yeah. good decision. And then you sort of reconcile with that, right? And you go, right. uh, I, you know, there might have been an apology involved if it was the farmer's you know, fence or whatever, <laughs> right. Right? right? Or somebody else's car. There's none of that going on here. Right. Well, I'm going to just say this. If my dad's listening, which we all, everybody, if you're a, a fan of ours and you're 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 a subscriber to our podcast, you know I, we've had my dad on on the podcast, and he's a big fan. Um, hey, Dad, do you remember when I put my car in the lake? <laughs> Man, we'll, I thought we'll I talk, had a good one. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that when I when I come visit you next time, Dad. Uh, oh boy, did he! I left it there too. Wait a minute, I, Jake. Because yeah. put a car in the lake. Intentionally. On screen. <laughs> I'm going to need some sort of doc. Do we have pictures? Um, there might be some pictures floating around. I have to ask Dad if he's got it because okay. here's what happened. Um, so it was late at night when it happened. I was out with a bunch of buds doing, doing, just doing donuts out on, the, on the, uh, the banks of the lake and spun out and spun out of control and got into the water a little bit. And I'm like, oh, well, let's see how far I can get in there and get out. Well, it didn't get out. <laughs> so I had to uh, open the doors and um, wait out of there and couldn't get it out because, you know, we had to walk home. So I wa- ended up walking home with a buddy. And uh, next, he he also was, you know, his dad owned a farm. They were dairy, uh, dairy farmers. So he had tra- access to tractors. So he pulled me out. Uh, but in the meantime of leaving it in the lake, uh, it was reported that there was a car in the lake. Red alert. All yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, fortunately for me, though, the 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 individual of law enforcement that um, reported the vehicle uh, being in the lake to my father happened to be uh, uh, a distant relative. Yeah. Of ours see, I, I, who happened to be on the PD and uh, kind of said, um, "It's there. It was there. Now it's gone. Um, let's just." No harm, yeah. no foul. I think the days oh boy, of trouble. common sense in law enforcement and good judgment, I, I, I'm not blaming them, but I, I think those days are gone. You know, I, I grew up in a similar environment, you know, um, and I knew a lot of the folks that worked for the local, like, sheriff's department and, you know, mm-hmm. city police. And, um, sure. You know, look, I, I mean, there's this whole element of did anybody get hurt? Was there any property right. damage to anyone other than the, you know, <laughs> the the person performing said stunts, right? right. Said jackass, right. right? Yes. And if not, then sort of like, look, you know, it's just more paperwork. Uh, lesson learned here. Let's move on. Let's not bog down the system. I, that can't happen anymore. I, I, just, I was a mem- Let me just say this. I was a member of the ass family. However, Jack was not my first name. Dumb was. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I think yeah. my dad may have called me that a couple of times, but um, the car never ran right after that. Oh, by I, the way. no question. Yeah. Got water in the transmission, and it was an automatic, so it was not uh, not a healthy uh, piece of equipment after that. But anyway, uh, I ended up selling it and getting something else, and I think eventually I went in the military. Hmm, wonder why. Well, so. you know, speaking of car repairs, Jay, now I've yes. got a little story here. And okay. um, this is something I'm, I'm going to try something a little bit different here. We might do a little cutaway here of me. Yeah. I don't know. This comes out on the video on the YouTube side. Uh, uh, I might get a little bit more 
uh, footage involved mm-hmm. and do a little bit of a man on the street kind of reporting, show you some some examples Perfect. of what I'm talking about. But I had a had a situation recently, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that I would like to I would like to share what I've learned. I've learned a lot, and this has to do with car repair. It specifically has to do with bodywork and automotive insurance. Mm-hmm. And you know we've all lived through that probably at some point in our lives we've had an accident and had to do go through the repair process right absolutely and as you well know my history i've i've worked in uh vehicle body repair before uh did it for several years yep and so i'm very familiar with probably where you're going we've had conversations about this i think but yeah so i have not one but but two stories it all rolled into one here um, you know, mostly cause it has to do with my wife and she's just a magnet for crashing. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, but oh, so here's man, what happened. So, trouble. um, couple, couple, three, eh, two and a half years ago, she hit a mailbox. Um, she hit a what? A mailbox. Like she, uh, how many times has she done that? Well, once, but this was a couple oh, years ago. It just keeps coming up. Okay. So you know, at some point you're going to need to drop this story. I'm sure she's tired of hearing it. So just probably, saying. yeah. But yeah, the, but the yeah. story's not done being told. That's the problem, <laughs> right? So, um, so it was her fault, and she worked it out with the neighbors, and you know, take took care of it. Insurance got involved in all that. And a couple of years later, now this was on her her Lexus RX. Okay, mm. a couple of years later, um, so so that the front end of the car. Uh, over on the driver's side, I think it was, is where the impact happened. So that whole headlight assembly, uh, right? we used to call them quarter panels. The front quarter panel got, yeah, it had to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I noticed that whole headlight assembly was really yellow. I mean, like looked yeah. like a jar of Vaseline yellow, okay? Ooh. And um, I called, so so kind of to, to cut to the chase of it, um, uh you know, I looked over at the original one that had not ever been damaged from the factory, and it still looked crystal clear. So you could say, well, the sun has just, you know, from being parked outside, did it. Well, the factory one, the original one, was fine. Right. But the one that was only a year old had started to yellow. So I called the guy at the body shop, and luckily we had um, we have ours through State Farm, and they put a guarantee behind um, their, their work, their repair work, mm-hmm. for life. For life. Sure. Great. And so... Yeah. I'm talking to the guy, and he goes, well, here's the deal. You know, you're going to have to go through this process with State Farm, and, um, you know, basically you were going to have to create, like, a like an additional addendum to this claim. And uh, send, he goes, send me a copy of the original work, and I sent it to him, and he goes, I can tell you what happened here. And I'm like, well, I'm all ears. And, and so he goes, well, not only did they not use an OEM factory part, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't even use an aftermarket part. They used a used part. Ooh. So I've got um, I've got all the documentation right here, right? I brought it for show and tell. And I'm telling the guy, I'm like, well, how do you how do you know this? And he goes, Well, if you look at the supplier list, you know, you've got Lexus of Nashville for the head for the fog lamp, you've got Lexus of Nashville for the side cover, Lexus of Nashville for the upper molding, and then a company called All Star Auto Lights out of Orlando, Florida. Oh boy! For the headlamp assembly, which was two thousand yeah. dollars, and so what they did is they refurbished a headlamp and they used that and put it in place. And so here's the lesson, everybody: um, a lot of times when you're going in for vehicle repair, um, you go to the body shop 
you get your insurance company involved or the other person's insurance company involved, and we're getting to that in a minute. And they work it out, and you get a phone call, and it says the estimate's been approved, and uh, we're ready to go forward with the repair. But, Jay, it's really difficult in this era to get a copy of that actual parts list. They almost intentionally, I'm not sure they do intentionally, but it feels like they intentionally avoid sending it to you for this very reason. Mm -hmm. Right? I get it, yeah. And so, you know, this... I think is going to end up a happy ending because we've got a situation where it looks like they've approved the new claim and all that. Now, my wife was rear-ended at a stoplight over just the week before Thanksgiving 21, okay? Right. I remember that. As we're recording this, it's the end of May 20... Or, I'm sorry, the end of March still you're still dealing with this. Car just went into the body shop last week. Mm. That's how long it took to get parts. Now, she was rear-ended. My wife was completely stopped sitting in a stoplight mm-hmm. and the person behind her said um said in the left turn they were both in the left turn lane and the person said well out of my peripherals i saw the lane next to me go and i just thought it was i thought the light was green well you know what that means uh, don't you jay yeah 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 i mean mm-hmm. you, you, i wasn't texting sorry you know, about that. uh you know what that means right jay i was looking out of my peripherals and uh i'm holding my text my cell phone and texting for you guys listening on the podcast, right? Right. Yeah. She just it's a good visual stepped for on me. the gas and rear-ended my yep. wife. Yep. So their insurance company, because this was 100% their fault, is nationwide. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I have a little prepared statement. Don't, don't yes. they have that little jingle real quick? It's like nationwide. I'm not, I'm not giving them side? any love. Are and they I'm on your to, side? Yeah, no. Not on my side. Right. That's why I brought that up. Right, just so I, trying I, to bring that up, yeah. I have a... I have a I have a prepared statement. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Okay, ready. <laughs> to the people at Nationwide, you might think you can take advantage of people harmed by your clients. You can try to manipulate the circumstances and hide behind obscurity. I don't work in the insurance industry, but what I do have is a very particular set of skills. <laughs> skills I've acquired over a very long career and skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Ooh, I, I smell what you're cooking, Mr. Oh, Roadhouse. So, yes. So last last week, I call the body shop and I'm like, "Can I see a copy of the, uh, you know, the parts? I want to make sure we're using OEM parts." My wife was rear-ended. My expectation is this is 100 percent your your fault. We're gonna put mm-hmm. back on it exactly what was on it before you damaged it. Absolutely. Right? No cutting corners. And uh, the body shop initially said, "No, there was a." quite a few parts on there that were not. So I reached out to the claims adjuster at Nationwide. His name is Lee. I'm not going to give you his last name. And Lee said, uh, no, we're not doing that. And I went, yeah, you are. And he went, uh, no, we're not. And I went, hey, uh, we're 100% no fault here. This is your client. Um, And then I did something I probably shouldn't have done, Jay. I did the other the other classic movie line. I said, Lee, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. Classic. I love it. And you know what Lee chose? He chose the hard way? He chose the hard way. Oh boy. So five minutes later, so I said, uh, all right, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call my insurance company and I'm gonna basically ask what, what can be done here because this is not acceptable. So five minutes later, I get an email from this guy, Lee, and it says, uh, good afternoon, since you've decided to use your own insurance on this claim, 
I've stopped payment on the check we issued you on December 30th, 2021, three months prior. <laughs> Please shred the check as it is no longer good. I have approved the rental car through tomorrow. You'll need to return it. Uh, then you can start the process again with State Farm. Whoa. Because I required OEM factory parts on that repair. Nationwide. Nationwide. You should be ashamed of yourself. Stealing so, from your stealing from people. So what can you do in these circumstances if you're not at fault and you're having a hard time getting results? Well, this is actually where your own insurance company comes in, and this is why you have to have it. Because yes. there is a process. It's called subrogation. I called our insurance guy who I love and I said, Hey man, what can you tell me? And he goes, Well, first of all, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, I already know that, but what else can you tell me? And he goes, um, he goes, you just pay your deductible, and we'll go after them, and you'll get the parts you want, and it'll be done. And I went, right. okay. I would like to thank you for bringing this up, Keith, because there's a lot of people out there in these situations that don't even think about that. Yeah. And I think that our conversations that we have had over the years about these things is that as a vehicle owner, as someone who pays their premiums, who is a valued customer of someone who offers coverage yep. for your vehicle— your vehicle did not come with aftermarket parts on it. It did not come with used parts on it. Now, there is a process that they go through when the vehicle actually loses value. We get that. Yep, yep. And so that they have to factor that in. But when the person that hits you is at fault 100% and you are at no fault whatsoever, you have absolutely, especially on a new vehicle within five years of age, you have absolutely 100% every right to have original equipment yep. product on there, and there should be no excuses for that. And I, I'm telling you, right, this is the first I've heard of this whole story, guys. So he's been wanting to tell me this oh, story. Oh, I was pissed. Well, it's a well, good I thing would be we too. waited. And, and, you know, Nationwide should be ashamed of well, themselves, especially that, that branch. They're just trying they to are. save money. They're just trying to of slide in a couple cheap parts here and there to save some money. And, right. and I get it, but that's not mm -hmm. really doing the right thing now. We will get our deductible back, you know, provided that it is, you know, not we're not at fault, which we're not. I mean, she was rear-ended at a stoplight. She was completely sure. stopped. Thank um, goodness she had no medical issues out of that. Well, and, you know, that's where, like, my insurance guy said, you know, I mean, this guy's lucky. Like, you want to take Absolutely some time and reevaluate your, your health and wellness? Uh, mm -hmm. This this could get a little, this could get ugly. He's He's kind of he's kind of uh, stepping into some territory I'd be careful in, and uh, yeah. So there there is a way, guys. It ultimately it does come back to you're gonna have to have your own insurance company have your back, but they can do that. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes the process take longer. Like I said, Lee, we could do this the hard way or the easy way, and you chose the hard mm. way. So uh, yep. here we go, man. I see you in hell. Gloves are All right. off. All right. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Speaking of gloves being off. I've been busy, dude. See? I've been busy. You have been busy. Wow. Yeah. That, you just slipped that right in, man. That was like, wow. I'm, that's good good content right there for uh, for our listeners. And hopefully the lesson is learned there by, um, by you, the listener. And I know it has been by Keith. Get a copy um, of the repair report. A lot of times they're absolutely. called repair orders. Look through it. If you have any questions, yeah. call the body shop doing the work. Ask them if right. they're using OEM parts. Ask them which ones aren't. You yeah. know, I mean, 
you're not always going to get 100% OEM parts, but you can get the majority of them, like Jay said, if the vehicle's less than five Absolutely. years old. So Absolutely. And they will have an OEM part number. Uh, and you can check that. You can run the number and see if it's actually an OEM number. Um, there are ways to check you know, it. So, yeah, do your, the, do your homework. The thing I love about that movie take, NJ, is Liam, Liam Neeson basically gave the guy a chance. He wasn't threatening him. He, right. just, he just said, look, man, just... Let's co- just stop what you're doing right now, and we'll all walk away from it. But if you continue down this path, yes, I'm going to be you're, a nightmare for you. Y- you were going total smackdown with that dude, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's like martial arts level. Um, don't mess with me, dude. You know, so well, congratulations on your 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 handling of that. Thanks. I think that's amazing, and and your wife will be happy to have her vehicle uh, well, repaired and all that good you know, stuff. So. It'll be back in one piece at least for, you know, the next day or two. Well, just don't put up a new mailbox and you'll be yeah, okay. Yeah, right, right. Sorry. Anyway, um, so so speaking of... Uh, it's all right. She doesn't so, listen. She yeah, doesn't, yeah right. Right. You say that, yeah. I, I see her. I, trust me. I see her comments. Um, so speaking of gloves being off, whoa. Did you catch the uh, the Oscars at all? Uh, only you after, you know... My wife and everybody else told me I needed to, you know, be aware of what happened. Holy cow. I watched it. And I'm really kind of still a little bit in shock over the whole deal of how it all went down. In case you got you guys were sitting under a rock somewhere, we all know that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage. Um, and apparently the reason behind that was uh, he cracked a joke about uh, Will's uh, wife's uh, current um, uh, hairstyle. Uh, which is none, um, because she has uh, some sort of uh, condition that that um, uh, her hair falls out. So, and sorry about that, um, Jada. Um, I hope you get through that and everything. Uh, you know, my heart goes to you for that that situation. However, Will, dude, you just can't go slapping people for for telling jokes. And it was a joke. It was it was. Um, I don't think it was done maliciously. I think it was uh, when you're host of the of, of the Oscars or the Grammys, that's a big deal. And when you're a comedian, man, you're gonna throw a few jokes your way. I mean, you got to have thick skin. That's what you're in the business for. But my point to this whole thing is, is I, and, and honestly, I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. Let me know when it's done because I don't care. It's taken up way too much airtime, including hours here. But. I've watched that video over and over again. And, you know, I've seen a few WWE uh, matches oh, in my lifetime. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay. And so, I'm telling you, man, I'm not real certain that this was legitimately um, a, a, an active an action that was taken. I think this thing was a stunt. I think it was planned, and I think it bit them in the ass here. And nobody knows what to do other than swallow their pride and move on with what's well, given them. But, but I tell you what, Will Smith... You are a, mm, I don't know what to say, man. man so you are I, wrong, dude. I'm I'm staying out of this one. I don't I don't have an opinion. I've been as we've previously established on this very podcast. Mm-hmm. I have exercised bad judgment in the my past. Uh, I yeah. try I try to always learn and adapt. Uh, doesn't always yeah. happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the the details, but I will tell you that my my mind did go Jay to. Um, this potentially being some sort of a setup situation. I think it was. I mean, 
let's look at the let's look at no, I think not, the Oscars yeah I'm I think not, the Oscars knew about it too it, I think it, they were involved it happened late in the show so that that doesn't really fit with if you were gonna stage something like this you would typically do it earlier the the Oscars have struggled with bad ratings over the past mm-hmm. you know few years they've yep. also had some racial division and some issues with that over you know the past handful of years so here you have you know um kind of a circumstance that involves all of those things and people are talking about it like a week later and it's still making the news cycles and you know i don't really know i i can see uh you know i've i've said some things at time that maybe weren't uh that could have been you know a little insensitive uh you know i've also you know i i don't know i it's uh we're talking about it like you said but yeah. I mean, it certainly, to me, wouldn't be a huge reach if somebody came out three months later with an expose and they said, hey, it was all staged and here's how they did it. And I'd go, yeah, okay, yeah. I can see that. Okay. Yep. Well, for the record, I'm, I'm thinking it was uh, practicing for some scene in some wrestling uh, movie they've got coming out together and they've been working on the the slap so well, well i mean you figure happens. will will smith has spent time enough time with trainers mm-hmm. in his various mm-hmm. movies that you would think right. he knows how to throw a punch a little better than what i saw uh absolutely and the old stomping of the foot on the ground to make it sound loud uh that's a that is a, a classic uh wrestling um move and to make it sound more dramatic than it actually was yeah when i see smiles on faces after it physically happens, like they're trying their best to hold back a laugh. Um, that's kind of where I got to go. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not so sure that was a real deal, but anyway, we shall find out. It'll All either, right. it'll either what, what you, you got now, what? you know, there are people on both sides of this and some people are calling for Will Smith to lose his Oscar, to have it taken. No, away. he should not lose his Oscar. But that's my opinion. If it comes out later that this was staged, Hmm. Isn't that sort of supporting your argument? I mean, that's one of the best. Like, he had us all fooled, right? Right, right. I mean, you need to go back in the history books and take a look at a comedian, yeah, that was a little over the top. Wherever he went, he was in character all the time. Yeah. He was he was lot, uh, Lotke or Lotva on on. on oh, taxi. Andy. You're talking about Andy. Andy. Yeah. yeah, Andy. He was in character all, and people hated him for that. Yeah. I mean, he was a hated guy because he was always in character, but he was just that intense of a comedian and actor. And Jim Carrey follows the same kind of line of, of, of yeah. that type of comedy and acting. And um, so, yeah. And he and oddly enough, or, or should I say, ironically, he ended up playing Andy in... Um, yeah. Uh, that movie about him. So anyway, I look, I hope that look, Will did come out and formally apologize to Chris, which he should have done. I think the night of when he was apologizing to everybody else, that's my opinion. I'm not dragging Keith into this. This is me, but um, I keep his Oscar. He won it fair and square. I mean, uh, his, his uh, uh, role in that movie, um, you know, was, was fan. He did a great job. Um, I think it would be uh, too bad. Maybe a suspension or something like that from from there for for a year or two or whatever. But whatever. Anyway, he'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. They'll get over it. We won't we won't even remember this um, 
due well, to the due to the Springer effect. Yeah. Uh, nobody will remember this uh, I, in. Um, I was thinking, you, you know, know, this could kill his career, but people have such. Nah. Uh, I don't such, think so. Such short. He's probably memory. walking around with one of those Men in Black wands where that you forget everything that happened. Ah, he's gonna flash you. that, and then everybody yeah. will forget it, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I don't know. We'll see. Wow. Um, one other piece of news we want to talk about is kind of near and dear to me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure it is to Keith as well. Live from the news desk. You said news. We, I did. Um, we lost a really, really awesome, not just a musician, but just a human being um, recently, and that's Taylor Hawkins, who was the drummer and um, also sang um, – contributed to that band tremendously the Foo Fighters um unfortunately they were on tour in South America and he mm-hmm. passed away in his hotel room down in um uh, Bogota Colombia um and they're still trying to determine what the cause of death was uh, I think preliminary tests showed that he had some substances in his system you know uh, THC etc a few other things but that's not uncommon for people uh, who are in that industry taking certain medications to help them sleep to kind of cope with their schedules? There's a lot of different things that, that could go on there. We don't know, and I have no idea what happened to him. But they did say he had an enlarged heart, which can be caused by many things: stress, uh, medications you may be taking, uh, COVID. Um, COVID has been known to cause some enlarging of the heart as well. From a long hauler standpoint, we don't know if he had COVID. Have no idea if that was a contributor to it, but our heart goes out to to his his wife and kids and the entire Foo Fighters um, uh, band and their families. And unfortunately, they just announced. Um, a, as a fan, it's unfortunate to us that we, for you people who who never got to see Foo Fighters with Taylor Hawkins, I liken this to. The same thing that happened to Led Zeppelin in 1980 when John Bonham passed away. Uh, it was an untimely death as well. They never reformed. Um, they never got a new drummer. They never performed again. They performed once live, and that was in 2008 for a uh, tribute to one of their managers. I forget the guy's name, but it was at O2 Arena in um, in London in 2008. Didn't Jason, Jason play? Yeah. Yes, and appropriately, John Bonham's son, Jason, uh, was on the drums for that, um, and it's an. If you haven't seen that, it's an amazing concert. It's just I. You wish that they could have done something after um, John Bonham passed away, but they decided not to do that, and they went solo and did their own things. Dave and the rest of the guys decided to call off the entire um, world tour. Period. U.S. everywhere uh, for 2022. Uh, with no indication of rescheduling, um, I am um, a res- you know one of the people. My wife and I are, are two of the people that have to uh, get refunds from Ticketmaster. We were scheduled to see those guys in August. I know many people that were scheduled to see them this year in the U.S., uh, which they were going to be starting fairly soon. So it's a sad day of rock and roll. And I can tell you, man, uh, Taylor Hawkins was loved by so many. When you're getting personal. Um, uh, Statements made by Ringo Starr, Sir Paul McCartney, um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Slash. I mean, the, the the list is endless of the people who Taylor touched, um, you know, not only us as fans, but fellow musicians, his peers in the industry. 
said how much of just a wonderful, wonderful person that guy was. So, yeah. God so bless now, him, man. If you want to watch, um, and ironically, I just watched this a couple months ago, um, mm-hmm. and that's I guess why it's fresh in my mind. He uh, he is prominently featured in a documentary on Netflix called Count Me In. Have you seen yep. it? I have, yeah. And I've uh, seen everything those they, guys are in. They yes. inter- um, was it Stuart uh, Copeland from Copeland. the police yep. Um, yep. is the other prominent one, but those two get a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. On that documentary, and the document, uh, boy, the documentary uh, basically goes through uh, the importance of rock drummers and yeah. the ones that have changed the uh, ch- changed the genre uh, mm-hmm. for the better. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So I'm sure that'll be blowing up now on streaming now that he's passed, right? But every, it's, a, probably, it's a good watch. Yeah, probably every Foo every Foo Fighter documentary out there is worth a watch. I've seen them all. I own a few of them on uh, mm-hmm. Blu-ray, mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm such a huge fan. And like I said, the first time I ever saw those guys was at the Gorge in um, uh, Washington State. Ironically, a, yeah, yeah, at a at a no, it's in it's in George. Washington. It's in George, Washington, but it's called, called the Gorge. The Gorge. It's, it's out on in the middle Columbia, of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's on the Columbia River Gorge um, yeah. in George, Washington. And then the last time we saw him was in 2000, and I think it was 19. Yeah. In the summer of 2019 at uh, Safeco Field in uh, Seattle, and it was fantastic. And it was actually the first time that um, Chris Novoselic, or I think I pronounced that right, which was the bass player for Nirvana, uh, he opened up for him with his band and came out and played on stage. They played a, uh, a Nirvana tune. Uh, which was the first time they had done that live together. So I was very fortunate to to witness that. I've seen a lot of great concerts, but those two Foo Fighters concerts are just were just hands down probably some of the best stuff I've ever seen, man. So rest in peace, Taylor. Thank you so much for the wonderful music, man. Um, and um, I'm hope I wish uh, Dave and all those guys, everybody else in the band, um, you know. Uh, be at peace and hopefully you guys can create some, some music in the future. And, um, we'll, we, as fans will be out there supporting you guys. So anyway, so on to some automotive stuff, man, we've, we've got some automotive topics today. We, we, in the intro, we talked about it. Um, there's a, there is some eye opening changes going on, going on in the automotive industry and whether you like it or not, Keith and I keep saying this, the electrification movement is about as in full swing as you possibly can get right now. And we've got proof of it right now, and we're, we're blown away uh, by some of this stuff. Um, but first, we want to talk about a move by the director of Homeland Security um, who has put together a panel of... of business leaders in the U.S. for to be on the um, um, uh, Homeland Security Advisory Panel. Um, GM's um, uh, Mary Barra uh, is one of those individuals. There's another lady from CEO of Polaris who is also on that. Um, where is she at? What is her uh, name? I've got the that. list right here. And, Do you? Uh, okay. Well, I don't have the executives' name. I, I have some of them, but the, yeah. these are the ones in addition to Mary from GM that uh, were invited into the council. Oh, from council. GM, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
so you also have the uh, chief executives from United Airlines, Bank of America, Polaris, Duke Energy, right. Chobani, and Oracle. Yes. Um, right. Now, we were just talking about conspiracy earlier, and I, I'm not right. going to go full on conspiracy on this one, but no, I, no, I am, no. am going to point to some things that I sort of read in between the lines on this release mm-hmm. um, that I found to be very interesting. So for starters, a good chunk of the people that were invited into this council mm-hmm. represent organizations that have taken bailout money or subsidy money from the government. Correct. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. That's been pointed out uh, by several people, mm-hmm. uh, some of our peers in, in our industry that have yep. pointed that out. I do find that interesting, but the, you know the other side of this too is that you know one might ask why in the world would uh, you know a business leader, a CEO of General Motors, be on an advisory panel for for Homeland Security? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and and we're going to get into some of those here in just a minute. But um, you know, th- I mean, my thought on what what is your thought on that? Why why would it be a wise decision to have their input on well, on that? Alejandro Mayorkas, who's the yeah. uh, he's the home, Homeland Security Secretary. Mm-hmm. He says so. Let me tell you what he says uh, as to why they were invited. Right. Um, I have I have my version of that, but he says I want to hear from different perspectives. Uh, I want to hear different perspectives from different backgrounds, different expertise, and different experience. Um, okay, well, GM was affected by the chip shortage. They were affected by... They've been affected multiple times over the past couple of years by supply chain issues of one kind or another, whether that was the Canadian trucker thing or, you know, the, the bridge shutdown deal that affected the supply chain or the chip shortages. Or, you know, look, like like we've said, as far as GM goes, as the automotive industry goes, so typically does the U.S. economy. You hit the head of the nail, and that's what I was going to say. The autom- if you don't think that the automotive industry has a big impact on our economy, you're completely wrong. And in many ways, and there basically the automotive industry is the uh, the pulse of this 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 country. I think. Yeah. So um, now now look, there's a lot of heated like when you get into the bailout thing, like you know, you, I've read both sides. Like people say, like, well, look, they paid all that money back, and then there's you know people that say, oh no no no, but the the taxpayers helped you know basically. Um, absorb some of that loss that was never paid back. I, I guess my question really is, if your objective is truly to hear from different um, segments of the industry mm-hmm. that are potentially at risk, and, right. and I don't know what part of Homeland Security specifically this this applies to. Like, are we talking cyber threats? I mean, they don't really go into a whole lot of that. They don't, but I have my own theory on that, and I believe that that's one of them. I think cyber yeah. cyber threats are one of them. Um, but I think the bigger problem that I have with this is is that they they've pointed out that uh, the recent Canadian trucking protests that blocked the border from getting product across, you know, into Canada or from Canada into the U.S. has actually shut down plants. Yeah, um, you know that's a you know, we all have that right to voice our opinion and protest peacefully, and, and they were peacefully protesting. So, you know, again, we, we're not a political show, but it bothers me that that maybe there is some, 
you know, stricter or different rules that may apply when it comes to these sorts of things when it's disrupting, you know, actual business from being able to to be conducted. Well, I mean, yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to find out how much freedom you really have, go mess with the government, right? Don't pay your right. taxes, everybody, right. and, and exactly. see, see how free you are. Like, right. ask Wesley Snipes. I mean, right. <laughs> so I, I guess, Jay, the question that I really have is, if this is truly an advisory council, mm-hmm. and you really want to get into um, ways to navigate the troubled waters of cybersecurity, mm-hmm. um, wouldn't you go after more of the visionaries like Tim Cook? Oh, absolutely. Or, You'd want now the Giovanni guy, that's a yeah. wild, that's a great success story. I can see that's a good like I like that one. But, but Bank of America? Really... Bank of America, the same Bank of America that's barely in business, that was almost out of business because uh, they they couldn't manage their funding properly right. and they got so upside down that the government had to bail them out. Oracle? They're... Larry Ellison. Okay, Larry so, Ellison. So these are people who can advise them on, say, what might happen to them in a cyber attack or yeah, something like that. But, but that's not. But they're not going to be. They're they're not going to be telling you how to fix and, the problem. And hey, don't take my word for it. Go on the internet and go to Reddit or go just Google the people that have Oracle today. How much? Of, how many of them really like it as a good product? How, right. how many people think Larry Ellison has run a good? I mean. Every single, um, the majority of what you're going to see on that guy is not mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. He All has right. a so, long career of basically selling a product that was popular in the 70s that um, he's been able to basically manipulate and strong arm businesses into forcing them to continue to have to use it because he locks, locks them out of their data if they don't. I, I just don't know that these are the visionaries that we want on an advisory panel. I guess that's my point, right? Yeah, I get it. And that is a great point. I'm with you on that with, with the, um, definitely with the history there. Um, and you know, you bring up about the bailout situation. Um, yeah, you kind of wonder what the motive here is. It does sound like to me that, that you're, you have some sort of like mm, conspiracy theory thing going on. Maybe why that might be going on, but I see, I see the the cyber attack potential uh, being a big deal for auto manufacturers and and banking. Uh, the the all those things can be affected. I mean, will disrupt the U.S. business period. Yeah, right. Uh, in a, in a big way, I get that. Um, but again, for me, when I look at them basically pointing the finger at the protests that were going on. Um, you know that that kind of bothers me, and I wonder what direction. And how far overreaching will Homeland Security go? And remember, people, just understand why there was no Homeland Security before 9-11. Mm-hmm. This, this was put together after that for good cause. I get it. Um, but th- there's some, some reaching that goes on with this. And be careful. And you're right about that. Don't, so, don't get in Big Brother's way. So you, to bring this full circle, Jay, and you had alluded to in the beginning of this segment, um, by the way, everybody, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already done so over on YouTube, uh, that there, there could be some, uh, some of these people could have potentially the ability to sort of guide policy in their yeah. favor. Right. Absolutely. And uh, according to Mayorkas, uh, he said that the council would work to, and this is a quote from him, define the department's strategic vision, 
strengthen the department to better meet the increasingly dynamic and rapidly evolving threat landscape, and harness technology and innovation to modernize the programs it administers. So that last part's sort of where I was focusing, harnessing technology and innovation. Right. I feel like some of these people are followers. They're not leaders, but some of them are leaders. Um, but, but there but, are also thir- there's a total of 33 members on this council, I think. So there's a lot more people here than just the ones that we've well, mentioned. Absolutely, and you kind of wonder what the relationship each one of those has with each other as well. What's in it right. for me? And are we working together on this situation? Right. Remember that General Motors is the front runner in the electrification of of, of vehicles in this country. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's totally Lordstown, dude. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you catch my drift, right? I mean, there, you know, a lot of people, you know, are trying to put that out there. Yeah, poor Lordstown, man. <laughs> They really have become the bad shoe, haven't well, they? Well, I, I sort mean, of feel like they wanted it. They asked for it. You know, we could have done it. this the easy way. You guys chose the hard way. So here well, we go. Ab- absolutely. I hear you, man. But but no, I mean, you think about it. You wonder how much of this is because GM is pushing the electrification. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the the there is that big push for um, EVs uh, getting rid of uh, internal combustion engines. So. Which, by the way, I'm, again, I'm on, on the record in my lifetime uh, won't happen, but I think that that maybe in my kids' lifetime it might. We'll see. So, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, food for thought with all that stuff, guys. Um, keep your eyes on that stuff. I think it's a very interesting story to understand. I'd like to maybe find out if if we get information from this, we will certainly bring it out on this podcast. What we learn um, and some of the directions they may be taken. But I do agree with Keith that I would feel that more beneficial to us if it were a cyber attack type situation that they were trying to prevent or uh, look into the minds of those that understand that better. It would be the tech guys. So this is about so. saving the future of humanity. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm man, so that glad show you is got- so good. It's so good. I I am so happy you got your sound drops back, man. I love it. I love it. So, you know, and speaking of electrification, because you know that ain't going away, right? I mean, nobody's buying EVs, are they? No, nobody. Nobody. Nobody? No? Nobody. No? Wait, are we we about to talk about uh, an electrification story? Oh, yeah. You imagine that? so. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Number one. Um, was that Picard? Make it so. Is that yeah. Picard? Yeah. Oh, so. I love it, man. Are you are you watching the new season? Um, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Episode what, four. What, what? Okay. Okay. So you see Whoopi? I'm, I'm caught up. Yeah. 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 Well, don't, She's back. Don't in spoil it. it for people. Well, that's their fault. <laughs> hey, hey. Spoiler alert! If you are watching it and you haven't got past episode one, don't listen. Right on. No. All hands to battle stations. <laughs> Wolf. Wolf. What's oh, his man. um uh the the detective that he always played on the holodeck was uh Oh man, you're you're digging yeah, deep on the characters. Right, yeah. I don't know. Well they made I mean, a, a reference a, to it in the last episode. I need to check that last episode out because I, ha- I haven't watched I haven't watched four yet. Okay. So I, I so I got because I I've been out of town and Dixon and Hill. Stuff, so. Right, Dixon Hill. Is that right? Might be. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds right. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll 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 update you guys on, on a future podcast about this. So, all right, um, well, you trying to get to some actual content here? While I, <laughs> yeah. I keep throwing sound sound drops at you. Yeah. 
So, can do you have do you have Tom Cruise talking about his Porsche by chance? Oh man, that would have been great. No, except no substitute. But no, I do not have that. Right, that's too bad. I have uh, you know I have Thunder from Days of Thunder. I don't know. That was horrible. Ooh, ooh, and the Thunder Rule. Is that Garth? Garth is the uh, real guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so here we are. We're going to talk about something that has just announced about Porsche. Um, I mean, Porsche is just one of those products that just embodies performance and luxury fast. Yeah. Boom. Well, Man, they're going all electric, aren't they? Yeah, so interesting how... So this is under the Volkswagen Group umbrella, right? Yes. VW Group. Audi, VW, yep. And um, they're carefully segmenting their brands to, um, you know, VW, by co- contrast, you know, mm-hmm. they just came out with the ID Buzz. We talked about that. Yeah. We've got we've got a uh, video out on YouTube. Liam, or not Liam, uh, sorry. Uh, the other... Jedi from episode uh, one. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Jin and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. See how my brain did that? It put put both of those guys together today. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, did it, did the did the uh, I guess the press release unveiling of that. But but VW is not going all in on EV now. They are they have a plan right, but the, but they have still have a lot of stuff out there that they're going to continue to do with diesel or whatever. Correct. Um. This is something I feel like Stellantis could learn from. Instead of trying to basically, you know, it's celebrate the differences in 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 the brands under your under your management, right? I like I like that train of thought there. Yeah, I like that. You know, yes. let let Ram be Ram, let like Fiat yeah. be Fiat. But but Porsche is is going to be Porsche. Now this is the the seven eighteen, um, Boxster. Is the one and that Cayman. I always think of, but that, yeah, so, I do the Boxer. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a Cayman as well. Yeah, uh, they're, they've said they're going to go EV only. St- now, Jay, is it starting in 2025 or after 2025? Uh, by 2025. So does is, that mean is, like the tw- by the year 2025 or yes, the model year? So, so it could the, be by the 2026 model year. I, right? I would say it says the the 2025 production model is what. It, um, oh, okay. Okay. Um, so mission. Well, what, let, what, let me take that back. Let's let's give a little history here. Okay. okay. So time for a history lesson, everybody. Right. 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 So so basically, the the um, the Boxer uh, is is going to be an EV only, uh, and it was made at the company's annual conference during the 911, um, which the 911 hybrid was reconfirmed as a non PHEV, which is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Um, and purely electric guys, the smaller model from uh, Zuffenhausen is still being referred to as a mid-engine car. Instead of a combustion engine, the battery will sit between the axles. Um, the 30V from Porsche after the Taycan and next year's Macan, the zero-emission 718 Duo, which they're referring to the Boxer and the Cayman, uh, will be the firm's first cars on the premium platform electric, which they're call, calling the PPE. Um, the PPE is uh, being developed with Audi. Um, which makes complete sense mm-hmm. because they're all part right. under the same family, uh, which we which will be launching um, its equivalent Q6 e-tron. So everybody's familiar with the A6 e-tron. Um, and then I think they released a concept vehicle called the Avant uh, concept. Yes. Um, and if you look at the uh, Porsche also released um, uh, some renderings of what they call the Mission R, 
which is basically an, a straight-up performance um, Porsche, and it's all-electric as well. Um, to tell you how fast that is, it uh, can run to 62 miles an hour in two and a half seconds, max out at about 186 miles an hour. Um, it's amazing. And so what you have here, um, you've got the Mission R um, is based on the Cayman's chassis, and the 2025 production model will be an all-new development. So there you go. That's why I wanted to put. I wanted to tie that all together for you. So yeah, what they are doing is they are they are um, positioning themselves to make these transitions and using current platforms while developing other platforms to make this all come together for a common goal of all electric vehicles across the board. And that's going to happen. Yeah. So the way that they're doing this and in particular, this 718, I feel like it's the right move. I personally think this is where if you, okay. So if you have to, I, I was going to say, if you have to start somewhere, technically this isn't their first EV, oh, but no. this is their first commitment to going all EV in one of their performance right. automobiles. So, and I know, I know you're going to, you guys are watching this and listening to this. You're going to go, Oh, but every Porsche is a performance car. Yes, that's true. But some of these cars are m more targeted toward the enthusiast, uh, like track day kind of enthusiast than, right. I mean, you could take your crossover Porsche on a track day. I, I, you know, there would be nothing wrong with that. But I, I would think that's not as common as like somebody mm -hmm. out here with a with a like two seater, like a seven eighteen, right? And so, right. Um, I I just feel like doing this in the Boxster makes a ton of sense because a mm -hmm. it's a more expensive automobile. You start there, yes. trickle down. And this ties into what you said on our last podcast, Keith, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, please go over to uh, parkscountyguru.com and then hit the podcast links, and we're on every platform out there. Thank you if you are subscribed. If you're not, please hit that subscribe button. Um, remember on our last podcast, you talked about Fiat and how Stellantis could use the Fiat as that position as an all-electric vehicle. Yeah, rather you know, than, they, Fiat you know, did this thing where they, like, they did, it's just like Toyota did with uh, with um, the Supra, right, where they yeah. partnered with BMW. Right. Fiat's got a, they've got a sporty Roadster, but it's like, it's like a Mazda. It's like, I think they, it's they not, can, you know, it's not Fiat, like, like, traditional fiat not, not the spider and you know yeah. what we're used to go right? make your yeah. own and that's exactly my point is go right. develop your own platform the guy running mm -hmm. stellantis needs to give fiat the permission to be different go do their own thing now i know there's you know in theory like porsche has more money to do this kind of r&d stuff than fiat would right i get right. it i get it but mm -hmm. i still feel like there has to be some uniqueness to the brand otherwise it's like we're just slapping a badge on another Stellantis product and I think it's very easy for me to look at this Jay and go okay yes Audi's doing something similar yes they're sharing a platform mm -hmm. but they are distinctly different automobiles they are. Absolutely, that Q they are. is very different than this 718 yes it is it's not the same person is potentially a different person that would be drawn to buying a Boxster versus right. like an e-tron right right Absolutely. And I just feel like they're 
this is the right way to handle your EV. And, and look, man, if they get five years down the road in this and they go, well, the EV thing is is fine and all, but we have a better way now and we're going hydrogen. Okay. Well, right. people are just going to look back and go, oh, well, that was the five years that they ran electric mm-hmm. if you happen to be a collector. Right? I mean, right. it's not Absolutely. a big deal. It's not. It isn't, man. Um, real quick, too, back on the note of when this is going to happen. Um, the next gen Macan. Um, 911 hybrid, uh, 718 Boxer and Cayman, uh, Cayman, whatever you want to call it, will help Porsche reach its its goal of decarbonization. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying 50% of annual sales uh, to be represented by hi- uh, hybrids and pure electric vehicles by 2025. Yeah, and 80% will be uh, electric vehicles alone. By 2030. Well, and they have some diesel versions of some of those automobiles that you just mentioned in the Porsche mm-hmm. lineup that are really solid. Like you can go in in one of those crossovers, yeah. like you can go a long way. I mean, they are really great fuel economy in their diesels. Right. Um, I just did some research, by the way, on a diesel that is in the 2020 and 21. They started in 2020. It was like the Escalade. Yeah. Um, uh, this uh, Silverado 1500, the Sierra 1500, and a couple other models uh, Wait, in their they had SUV a truck line. Half ton diesel. It's a yeah, it's a 3.0 liter Duramax. Okay, yeah, okay, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's an inline six, yeah. 24 valve, uh, turbo, and again, and, and I'm speaking in terms of what you were saying. There's some solid diesel engines out there, performance-wise, and this is one of them too. The Duramax line, which is Isuzu, basically, has been real good for GM. Um, just just throwing that out there in the mix here when you're talking about diesels. I think, and, you just, and, and again, you just I think you just offended millions of GM owners out there by calling <laughs> their Duramax an Isuzu, but it's. Doesn't make it well, any the, less true. Everybody. Well, then they shouldn't base the S10 <laughs> yeah. off the old Isuzu. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. So, right. but um, you know they they've been borrowing Isuzu engine platforms for years. GM has um, uh, specifically in the trucks in the truck side. Um, oh, I can't but, wait to see the comments on this one. <laughs> right. But, but here's here's the thing though. You know, I'm going back to what I I've been saying, which is you know while while internal combustion engines. Um, seem to be like on the chopping block. It's not completely true because you've got the diesel market that is still growing heavily mm-hmm. and will continue to grow heavily uh, from a commercial standpoint. And those things have gotten much much more cleaner with their filtration systems that they have on them. They're they're running um, exhaust gas recirculation on these these big rigs now. Um, they're a lot more fuel efficient and a lot more uh, um, environmentally friendly than they used to be. So. I think you're going to see the phase happen. Um, automotive sector first, but you're still going to have, they're going to still allow some of the diesel stuff to happen. I think you'll still see, there's been some talk of some other gasoline engines that are, um, you know, internal combustion engines that will be available soon. I think Solanus just made an announcement about that with their hurricane. We'll talk about that in a later later podcast. But um, Well, how can we find out? They can go right here to partscountaguru.com. And listen to our podcast and, and subscribe to our podcast, Keith. Thank you. I'm losing my touch. I'm usually like right spot on. That's why I'm here. The, I feel the, I feel like I can marketing contribute today. Us, so yes, by the uh, way, yeah. so if you're watching this video, thank yeah, you for you watching. Go. And yeah. make sure you hit the subscribe button before you leave this channel uh, and click the bell so you're notified when more videos like this come out. So but this is an interesting move by Porsche, I think, because I think that 
when you have a company, an auto manufacturer like Porsche with the reputation that they have, with what they are and mm-hmm. what they have been, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this for us, it's a breath of fresh air in the realization that this stuff is happening, man. Right. You know, we said this at the Performance Racing Industry Show. There was a reason why they are they were um, showcasing some of the electrification mm-hmm. uh, that was going on there, and we saw it at SEMA as well. I mean, they were running Mustang Mach E's well, around around just, the track out it's there. Instant power to the yeah to the to the, to the pavement, right? I mean, look, look the, the Rivian po- video that I sent you, yeah, yeah. where <laughs> the dude was. So they had a Rivian and a and a Ram and the yeah. uh, was the was it is the TRX I think right TRX yes and then the Ford Raptor right and and um, then it got so ridiculous that they put a Chevy S10 in tow behind the Rivian and right. it still beat the Ford right. Raptor. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting. And, and, you know, and, and we're not taking away again. We're, we have to say this disclaimer for Keith and I, we are not anti internal combustion engine. We are not, um, pro EV. We're pro automotive industry. And this is what's happening in our world and right now. So like that's why we talk about it. Vehicles so. that go fast though. I mean, it is EV is, is, is clearly at an advantage right now. Have you seen the concept, uh, uh, the, the renderings or the actual concept car, which is the uh, Porsche Mission R? Have you seen that? No. It is amazing, man. I, I would recommend anybody go check that out. It's a beautiful car. Well, um, I, I can't uh, really wait to see where this thing goes. Um, it's it's in. If you scroll down, I'll, uh, it, I'll put in it that in information the video. That I I'll put yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So so here it is, right here, guys. Yeah. See, right here, right here. Yeah. Whoop. Can you give us a little whoop? I, yeah. Mr. Drop uh, I just did. You oh. didn't hear it? <laughs> yes, I heard it, yes. But anyway, so there you go. But do you have anything else to add to that, Keith? I, no. I really don't. I'm excited for Porsche. Um, I'm excited to see what's coming down coming down the line. Um, this will be fun to watch yep. this evolve and, and come into what it is. Because, again, talking to you guys over the years about this stuff, pay attention to the performance world. What's going on in the racing side of our industry ends up on the consumer side as everyday vehicles and uh porsche is is and and you've got porsche and you've got um you've got the countach out you got all these all these exotic cars these million dollar vehicles that that are becoming electrified or at Mm -hmm. least electric assist there's a reason for that and um it's about performance and, and and reliability for one and it's different when you're up into that million dollar range VIP vehicle for sure. So all those guys, you know what kid rock likes to be a little different, right? I, Who is that? I hadn't noticed Jay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so there you go, man. Good luck, uh, Porsche with that. And we will keep our audience informed. So stay tuned to our channel for that. Um, wow. So we're going to go out on this one as if we're not talking enough EVs, man, we got plenty to talk about here today. So, okay, all you Subaru lovers, it's happening. And um, I got to ask my buddy here locally who actually owns a WRX, but there was an official statement put out about the future of the uh, um, WRX STI, uh, essentially. Um, And here's what the statement says. I'm going to read this to you verbatim right from Subaru. 
Uh, as the automotive marketplace continues to move towards electrification, Subaru is focused on how our future sports and performance cars should evolve to meet the needs of the changing marketplace and the regulations and requirements for greenhouse gases, zero emission vehicles, and corporate average fuel economy. As part of that effort, Subaru Corporation is exploring opportunities for the next-gen WRX STI, including electrification. Uh, in the meantime, the next-generation internal combustion engine WRX STI will not be produced based on the new WRX platform. So, hey, if you hey, want to w- hey. what what he's dead, Jeff. <laughs> right. I cannot tell you how many Subaru current Subaru owners must be pissed about this. Well. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I got I got all kinds of thoughts and questions, but you were about to go somewhere with this before I declared the ice. Well, SDI I, I, dead. Was, I was just going to say that here is another company out there that realizes the direction and the demand, and we're talking a generational situation here, guys. I'm telling you that they have their eye on the ball, and when they're marketing, they're marketing 10 years down the road. Okay, this is a 5, 10, 15 year plan that they're marketing towards. And we talked about this. They're not selling to the 50 somethings, the 60 somethings. They're selling to the 18 year old, the 21 year old that's going to be, you know, moving on up in the company when they're 30 years old and they can they can drop a lot of cash on something. And the the current state of of gasoline prices and that they're being taught how you know uh ga- you know emissions have caused a lot of problems with our environment all of these things factor into this big movement they are they are cutting bait now they're getting it done because all of their competitors out there are doing the same thing they're doing it now they're letting you know now and all i can say is this like i said there's going to be some pissed WRX owners out there, man. So go with your theories on it. All right. Now, no, I have questions now. Not that, not that you have all the answers, but this is a little something that we like to do from time to time where I'll, I'll just throw out scenarios and draw upon Jay's vast automotive industry knowledge to help try to guide me through reasons behind this. Okay. Okay. And, And so, so this is no different. So, um, considerable, I'm all ears, pal considerable following by yeah. this brand oh, in the rally car industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, all wheel drive, uh, is a common offering if I'm not mistaken in this model. Correct. C- correct. Okay. So we see a lot of electric vehicles that are dual motor, you know, the Mach-E, uh, Tesla model three, uh, Rivian, some of these guys are playing around with three motors. You don't see a whole lot of four motors. So is it the kind of scenario where, you know, I I can't imagine that Subaru would want to give up an all wheel drive offering in any of the models that currently has it. Right. Do you just have one of those motors drive two wheels, like one axle? I mean, yeah, because these guys that are using these for rally cars, they're not going to want to give up that all-wheel drive capability, right? No, no. Can you pull that off in an EV? I mean, is it realistic to think that an EV version mm-hmm. uh, of this WRX can go out and race and uh, get just banged around like some of these off-road races like they're known Absol- to do? Absolutely it can. They can pull it off. It can happen. 
And um, what's the downside to that, right? Like, is there a downside? Like, you know, that's a beloved model in that application, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this WRX is um, kind of the pioneer behind mm-hmm. some of the off-pavement the, Yeah, stuff. the rally art stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, have the to be thinking about that, right? Like they can't, they can't, they're not going to turn their back no, on but, that in 10 years, no, right? No, but, but Ford has already proven with the Mach-E, you know, with their racing version of, of that, they have gone out and, and put the Mach-E in the same situation. But not off pavement, right? Yeah, no, they've, they've gone off pavement with it. And um, that's something that, you know, this is the, the future of this type of racing it's it's gonna happen, and you're asking if it can be pulled off. Certainly, it can. Um, there's no reason why it can't. I mean, the things that they are doing with these uh, electric motors, these electric vehicles, is is in parallel with what they could do with an, an internal combustion version. I I I believe that. I mean, the, the only thing you don't have is you don't have a gas tank. You know, you got batteries, but I mean, is that really a problem for for a race like that? I think that they. I don't think that you, you accommodate that situation, but performance-wise, I think you're going to have a similar, uh, if not maybe better, in well, certain instances, situation here. And and Subaru was very clear on this. Like, let let me yeah. just read. Like, I'm going to reiterate what they specifically mm-hmm. said. Yeah. This is their press release that I'm looking at here. As part yep. of that effort, Subaru Corporation is exploring opportunities for the next generation Subaru WRX STI. Mm-hmm. Including electrification, so they're not saying that like it's they're guaranteed to be electrification. It's saying including no. electrification, but this right. is what they do say. In the meantime, a next generation internal combustion engine WRX STI will not be produced based on the right. new WRX platform. They are not going to give you a gasoline engine uh, option for this new WRX platform. Period. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's the way it reads to me. Yeah, that's that's exactly what their statement said. Um, you know, will will there will there be a, a an outback STI? I mean, who knows? I well, mean, sure. You know, yeah, could, right. There could. Yeah, I see where you're going. So, with that. so I mean, there there's other models to work with, but but the WRX is beloved, man, in 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 the rally world, and that's the biggest for me. I, I will guarantee you, there are people out there going, "Well, why why the WRX, man? Why are you doing it to the WRX now?" Because I, I think that they're looking down the road, man. That WRX has been a great, great sell for, mm-hmm. for Subaru over the years. I know guys here where I live that I have beers with, two people that I know, both own one. And both of these guys, they're nearing 70 years old. They love them. They're constantly tuning them. I mean, they just they love that whole process of dyno, tune, you know, everything, turbo, you know, you know, everything about it to get this thing sweet and tuned and, and in right where it needs to be. I, so they can, you know, we might, we go, might go be on the opposite side point of view on this one, which is rare for us, everybody. Nah. I, but I, I feel like this may not be the right model. I've, been, I've basically been leading to this statement throughout this whole segment. I'm not sure if I'm running Subaru, mm-hmm. this is the model that I would make this statement with. Yeah, I think I would go with an Outback or something else and go all in on 
the the WRX would be the last platform I would take gasoline away for the very reasons that you just laid out that mm-hmm. um, you got the tuner crowd right like yeah. yeah. how much are they going to be able to mess around with the electric equivalent well, that remains to be seen and that's the thing and I mean and they, if they're going to make these moves you know this is just one specific model that they can they can work with. Mm-hmm. To lead themselves into the EV world, this Heck, is bring one back specific. the Justy, make it an EV. <laughs> right? How about the Brat, man? Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. There you go. You know, but but you know, I, I don't know if it's a bad move, really. Um, again, well, it's, it may it's not about be. marketing. I just I don't know that I would have gone in this direction if I'm running Subaru. Well, it, I would say look at units sold um, of this versus something something else mm-hmm. like your outbacks how many outbacks are out there holy cow right yeah I, I feel like people that buy the wrx though buy it for what it is and its reputation it's spe- it is it is specific it is a specific crowd that they're they're Pe- catering to people that buy a ooh, as i smack the mic people that buy a subaru do it more out of the reputation that subaru has for being environmentally friendly yeah, and we, I feel we call, like we we call those Seattle X, by the way. Yeah, right. And the, it's almost two separate audiences. Not not totally. It but, is. You know, it is. It it, it it's like Toyota, right? It, it's how they have, you know, their GTRs. You know, stuff that we never see in the U.S. It's it's only in Japan, right? That we wished we could get our hands on, and we think personally that if Japan would release that stuff in the U.S., it would go over huge. We know it would, but they don't. And I, I again, I don't know. I, I personally think that they are looking at one specific model that is that is it is a specific type of vehicle. Overall, not the rest of their their lineup. The rest of their lineup, you know, they're just using pieces of 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 what they already have. I mean, how many EJ two uh, uh, is it two hundred twos or whatever that are that are out there. All of these uh, boxer engines that have been used for all these years that come in many different variants um, depending on its usage. But the WRX itself, man, is kind of stood alone. And it's, it's, not, it's not like all these other things. So maybe it's time to – if we're going to experiment with the EV world, let's go ahead and take it with this one and let's see what happens. Let's don't upset the apple cart. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna defend our large portion of our sales – while experimenting, experimenting with a, a lower portion of our sales, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. A very small percentage of their whole market. I'm just saying. I, I think it's a good move if you're going to do it. Not mess with the rest of the stuff. Experiment with this. See what happens. And then when it comes to electrifying everything else, you've already done the performance side of it. You've got that figured out, and you can move it over to the rest of their lineup. That's just my thought on it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll see. I mean. You know, I, I'm envisioning now attending these rally races, like people watching people watch them in like five years, and you know the noise. You hear the cars coming over the hill, kind of thing. Yes. You know, it's that rin rin yeah. rin and all the clutch work that you hear, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just gonna be right, 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 and they're gone. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know. I I don't see it as a bad thing. I mean, if they're going. 
If they're going to electrify, go ahead and electrify your your performance well, vehicle. We said it earlier. I mean, I said it earlier. Like, if you like speed, if 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 you're an enthusiast, uh, if you're an auto enthusiast that likes things that go fast, mm. right now the EVs have that cornered. Right? Like, Absolutely, that's your, they do. That's your torque. That's your instant what? power to the pavement. Right. And a WRX STI. WRX is designed for what? Rally. That's yeah. what it's 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 that's what it's yeah. for. It, that is their performance vehicle. All the other stuff. It's just, it is the lion's share of their sales. And I think that's why they're probably not going to mess with that right now. Go over here and experiment with this, because if we take it away and piss people off, it's not going to kill our bottom line that much. Yeah. But you do it to the rest of them, the Outbacks and the Justies and the Brats, <laughs> yeah, then All you right. got a problem. Now, let's let's see, you guys. Tell us what you think. Make sure you leave us a comment over on the, on the, on the YouTube video here. And I want to, hey, I want to hear valid reasons behind whether you think this is a great idea or a bad idea i don't want to hear if you suck man you just uh, yeah I don't do can't that. Wait just, to, like i'm please let's engage in some intelligent banter here right like right let's is this a good move for the brand or not right tell us why you think they would be doing doing this with the wrx instead of the outback I mean, what is your opinion stupid. on that um and and if you are a wrx owner um, how do you feel about this? I mean, does it upset yeah. you that that's going to happen? Uh, you know, but um, hey, Porsche did it. They're doing yeah. it with their with some of their great performance vehicles as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't. If I Porsche just don't can think do it. Anybody? Porsche can. has a following in in those like you know in their Boxster and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's the loyal following that this this WRX. You're right. Has. I mean, this this the WRX is a it's a again it's a. Yeah. A sector of their 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 market, their sales that that really well, you know the old saying, right? Like you buy a you buy a forty thousand dollars Subaru and you 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 spend seventy thousand dollars on upgrades, right? I mean that's it's like a pretty... Harley. It's like a Harley Davidson, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that's... you go buy a stock Harley Davidson, man. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's the same way. It's the same thing. So anyway, we'll see what happens with them. Good luck, Subaru, and we'll keep you guys updated. Please leave comments on this. Uh, we, we really want to hear from you. So thanks a lot for listening to that. And make sure you subscribe and uh, uh, hit that notification bell uh, for more episodes uh, like this. So thank make you so. very much. Make it so. <laughs> make it so. Wow. That's a wrap today, man. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you enjoy that? I did. Was it good to be was it good to be back Man, in uniform? You know, it is I got to say, like having my soundboard back and I don't want to jinx it, but uh I think my hardware issues have been dealt with also. Well, I hope so. We'll I think know you and post. I are you and I are both uh have upgrade made some, you know, quite a few upgrades and some changes and stuff there's like just, that. Uh, just there's there's just nothing like having my. I mean, I feel like this is a part. It's an extension of my personality, right? Having having this uh, the soundboard here, you know. I mean, it's oh, just, it definitely uh, is. I I've missed it. I've really missed it, man. I have. You have Bert. Can we just hear Bert one just for old time's sake? I'd say I told you so. That one may never leave. Boom! It will never leave, especially yeah. if if we keep talking about electric vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, the board is growing for sure. I've got multiple panels out now. I mean, you, you know, you got to have the uh, occasional. Uh, you Can know. we do a recap on something real quick? Yeah, just before go. we sign off for the for the for the day, just for our <laughs> listeners, just to. Yeah, what you got? 
Have I been rickrolled? <laughs> what you got, Holy man? Holy cow, man. All right, let's just talk about this. Just Since we have been podcasting, and we've, we've been doing this, this is our 117th episode. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. So years. I'm told, yeah. Yep. Um, we started, you know, when, when the electrification started happening, look at what's come out. I mean, we started talking a little bit about Rivian. Now Rivian's out there. They're in production. Tesla's obviously just keeps pumping stuff out. And then you've got the GMC Hummer EV. You've got the Silverado EV. You've got the Ford F-150 Lightning EV. You've got the Mach-E EV. Now you've got the WRX SDI EV coming. You've got the Porsche uh, uh, Boxer and 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 Yeah, the, you got the Audi e-tron. You, you got, got the, the Audi 718 e-tron. Porsche. You got, yeah. you got the VW ID Buzz. You've got the Cadillac Lyric. You've got... <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, right? I I, I just again reiterate to everyone i feel like not, uh you just you just you open the door to a little version of we didn't start the fire here where you just you're rattling off ev badge names right i mean these things these are things that have happened since since we started podcasting yeah and that's what blows my mind is how quickly and exponentially this yeah. growth is occurring moore's and, law and hey keith and i said can i have bert I hate to say I told you so. We've said it. We've been saying it all along, guys. So don't be surprised at what comes out of soon because it's coming. This 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 EV thing is um, it's it's changing as we speak and growing as we speak. So this is about saving the future of humanity. <laughs> Delorean. Hmm. Yeah. There's another one. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so there you go. You got anything uh, else you want to add before we uh, take off for the day, Keith? Mm, I think that's it for. For, I mean, yeah. let's see. So we've we've gone uh, we've gone you know Homeland Security to performance EV to Subaru to me basically threatening people that work for Nationwide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to uh, yeah, you know uh, repair advice. I mean, this is uh, this is a good variety. This show. is what we do. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. So. Take us out, pal. All right, man. So, hey, everybody, thank you again, as always, for your continued uh, support of the show. And uh, I will say, I'm going to throw one out, Jay, that I haven't um, that I haven't done in a while. Okay. Uh, just to remind everybody that you can do this as another way to support the show, and that is go on over to our website at partscounterguru.com and click on the Amazon banner. Because I know oh, you yeah. guys buy tons of crap on Amazon. And uh, if you click on that banner and then you go to Amazon, you can go ahead and buy whatever it was that you were wanting to buy, but we'll get a little affiliate credit for that. It doesn't cost you any more. It's anonymous. We don't know who bought that like G-string with the you know unicorn uh, tail on it or whatever. Shh. But uh, but it would it would be a great way for you to support the show, and it doesn't cost you a dime more than you were already going to spend with with Amazon. So just a there reminder there, uh, and then of course all the usual stuff, right? Like uh, make sure you head on over to the podcast while you're clicking on the Amazon banner. Go to that same area, and there's podcast links there. You could click on that there's a YouTube yeah. link. Yep. Go, Go to hit YouTube, that. hit that subscribe yep. button. Tell a friend. That's another good one, right? So the the mm-hmm. more you talk about us, the faster we grow. Uh, that's and, always helpful. Yeah. And you can always leave us a comment on our website at parsecountaguru.com. Yeah. And if there's some topic that you want us to talk about that we haven't talked about that, that you feel like we may have overlooked, drop us a line and say, hey, yeah. talk about this. 
you know, I can't guarantee you we will, but, you know, at least we'll take your input and advice and, and, um, and maybe we'll run with it. And yeah. if we do, we will certainly give you credit. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. And, um, look, I mean, uh, I would, Jay and I both, I think want to be around, uh, doing the same thing in, uh, you know, three more years from now, I'll find another insurance company to threaten. So, uh, yeah, this <laughs> is the easiest way for you to help, uh, us continue to do that. Right. Uh, all right. All right. So enough kidding around. But seriously, thank you, everybody. We do appreciate it. Uh, until next time, that is my pal Jay over there. I'm Keith. Jay, uh, it's dangerous to go solo. Always make sure you bring a Wookiee with you. I love it, man. <laughs> See you guys next time. I love it. Love it. <laughs>